Nation. We're back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm really excited to have Claire in the studio right now. Um, I'm excited to deep dive into today's topic because I know it hits right on point for several different people that I know. And so I know if you're listening, it's probably going to hit you too. So uh, Claire, go ahead and give us a little rundown of who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. My name is Claire from Illuminated Within, and I am a certified relationship coach. And I specialize mostly with women who are going through relationship trauma, helping them kind of heal and repair those fractured wounds from those relationships so that they can start to embody their self-worth and attract the relationship of their dreams. I know. Okay. So that sounds really nice, like a nice little bow. I love it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know, as someone who's dealt with toxic relationships and toxic people and all of that stuff, um, my question to you is, I know there's a lot of times where people know that they're in a toxic relationship and they're like, you know, I'm out of it. I broke up with this person, but how do I know if I'm like actually over the toxicity and the trauma that came with that relationship? So that's actually a really, really solid question because like the healing goes through phases, right? When you like first get out of that relationship, you're like struck first with the immense loss of it because you've lost such a huge part of yourself. You don't know what's up ahead. And then like, maybe they try to come back and then now you have to decide like, do I let them back in and all that stuff. And it's like a huge grieving process. And then you have to kind of figure out how do I live my life without this person? And what most people do is that they just, they just try to like push along. Right. Mm -hmm. And what they don't realize is that there's a lot of unhealed wounds that they're still carrying with them into everything else in their life. So if you are experiencing like a really hard time dating, like you're on all the dating apps and you're not like finding anyone who aligns with you and what you want, that is also a sign that you're working too hard to find love. There's also like, let's say you get into another relationship with someone you're genuinely interested in, but then things like you getting really scared and running away starts to come up or you starting to get like an attitude with them for no reason. And you can see yourself doing it, but you can't. I I can name so many people. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, geez. There's so many people. And some of it's even myself that comes to mind. I'm like, oh, that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. So anytime you are met with a situation where your reaction does not fit the circumstance, that's how you know you're getting triggered. And if you're getting triggered, there's probably an unhealed wound there. Ooh, that's a good point. That's not anything that I've ever heard of. It's like when you're not reacting the way you should be reacting. I know like for me, because I know myself well enough that I'm just like, okay, if I'm not reacting how I should be reacting, it's like, why? I I always ask myself like, why? Um, But that is like a huge thing. So when somebody comes across something like that, you know, what are the steps to try and figure that out? And can somebody actually like work themselves through this rather than having to go see like a therapist or something? If you're doing it by yourself, I think that there are several ways that you can do it. Like, you know, the five steps of why is actually really good. Like, okay, well, why am I getting upset about this in this way? 
okay, this is my answer. Well, why is that? And why is that? You keep on going into why. And then you can decide, okay, how am I going to move forward? The challenge that like people run into, and this is where like I see signs of people who need like professional help. Like if you can like be able to gain self-awareness and self-heal on your own, because a lot of people can do that, especially if the trauma isn't so deep, then you can do that. But usually what happens is when like you have all of this awareness, but your behavior doesn't change. Mm. And that is when I usually recommend people actually get guidance and actually get help because there's something there. There's a blind spot there that you can't see, that you can't touch, or a wall that you're afraid to go past. And you doing it by yourself is just not going to happen. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. So in dealing with trauma in relationships, how do you know? Because I think a lot of times too, I'm going to, I'm not going to speak upon everyone here, but I do know sometimes you don't realize you're in a toxic relationship until like something horrible happens or until you do break up and you get some time away from this person. And you're like, oh my gosh, here's some like perspective. Uh, this was not healthy. Um, so what are some tips to start realizing, like, or asking yourself, like, what is the status of my relationship right now? Is it healthy? Is it toxic? How do I feel about it? The first indicator is your emotions. Like, do I feel good in this relationship most of the time? Or do I feel bad in this relationship most of the time? Whenever I bring up a problem, how am I being met in that moment? Am I being met with like verbal violence, physical violence, whether it's towards me or towards like an object? Am I being validated? Am I being heard? Is there an attempt to try to like fix the situation with me? Or is that person getting extremely defensive? And am I being left feeling like, oh, I messed up and bring this up or like feeling diminished and validated any of those negative feelings? If you do feel those things, you're probably in a bad situation. Now, of course, like a lot of relationships are different, right? Because we don't show up in conflict perfectly ever and so like the way I see conflict happening in a healthy relationship that is imperfect is you guys fight you guys get defensive you guys might say something that you don't mean or something that is unintentionally hurtful maybe even intentionally hurtful but mm. do you take your space afterwards and then come back to repair it okay so is it like a growth thing but I mean, I do like, gosh, I feel like I see people who, you know, break up to make up all over again and, you know, come back and try to address the situation and think they do. And like, gosh, I feel like it just, it, it never really gets settled. I mean, I was stuck in a relationship like that, like when I was really young, um, which is, I think, you know, ex I don't want to say acceptable, but like expected because you're young and you don't really have any idea of what something should be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, definitely it's like break up to make up, get back together, all this kind of stuff. So I, I know for myself, like when I come across something like this, or I'm talking to somebody, it's just like, is this really what you want? Like mm -hmm. uh, feelings aside, person you're with aside, like what, is it that you want? Like, do you want somebody you can depend on? Do you want, you know, this kind of stuff? And like, you know, gosh, I should be taking my own words of wisdom sometimes, but I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so my thing is just like, I'm real good at giving it. Um, but it's, it, it is that like, do you run in the same thing with your clients? Like, are you having to kind of talk them through all of this stuff? Yeah. So like, I actually have personal experience with that. Like I was with this guy for three and a half years and I was literally breaking out with him on average every two months, like sometimes it'd be like five months and three months and one month, you know, but on average it's like for three and a half years. Right. And then a lot of my clients, I mean, they usually come to me either when they're in the middle, like they're kind of on the fence, they're deciding whether or not to stay or go or when they have already left. Mm. So usually with my clients who are like trying to decide whether or not they should stay or whether or not they should go, especially if they're married, especially if they have kids and there's like much higher stakes involved, we do a lot of inner validation work. So like the methodology that I typically use is somatic intervention and inner child work, where we go into the body first and we understand the language of our emotions through our physical body. Then we go talk to the inner child and repair wounds there. And we do that because oftentimes when you are in an on again, off again relationship, even if you're young, it doesn't matter what age you are. It's because there's a trauma bond, not because it's a relationship based on love. We think it is because the emotions are so strong, right? And we're willing to do anything and everything for this person, but it's not, it's a trauma bond. Okay, explain to me what a trauma bond is. A trauma bond is basically any time where, um, God, there's like so many ways to like, to like define it. So a trauma bond is basically like when you two come in to the relationship with all this unhealed trauma, and that is what links and connects you guys together. That's like a very surface level of explaining it. Um, a good way of painting a picture of it is like, let's say that you are a chronic people pleaser, right? Like yes. you self-sacrifice on a constant basis for everyone else's happiness, except for your own. And then you have a person who is very selfish, maybe has narcissistic traits that they're not a narcissist. And they learned early in childhood that loving someone unconditionally, that being generous with their care is extremely dangerous and that they're better off like only loving themselves or only caring about what they get out of a relationship, right? So these two people end up finding each other and forming a relationship because it's fulfilling a need. The selfishness of this partner is fulfilling the need of the people pleaser because she has someone to please, Mm -hmm. right? And then the selfish one has a need fulfilled because they have someone to please them. And so that always leads to like a emotionally turbulent relationship and requires a lot of either therapy or relationship coaching in order for that relationship to actually heal and come to a good place. But that's basically what trauma bonding can look like in some situations. Girl, why'd you just describe my high school relationship though? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm like, we both had issues. I mean, we were both young. So I mean, duh, like that's expected. Um, Or I feel like that's expected because I'm definitely not the only one in this situation. Um, But, or was in that situation. But yeah, uh, that one hit home. Um, (laughs) So on top of, you know, dealing with the trauma and all this kind of stuff, um, you like you you make a hefty claim um, as, as, you know, someone who works with with clients and helping them to kind of, you know, move on and find actual partners and all this kind of stuff. Um, you make a claim that you can find or help them find 
someone in like three to six months. And that is, that's a big claim, girl. That's a big claim. So can you tell me a little bit about this? Yeah. So like when I got into relationship coaching specifically for like single women or women who are deciding whether or not they should leave or stay, like I went in really just wanting to help them heal their trauma and to teach them how to have healthy relationships. And what ended up happening was that like for my single clients in particular, this person just magically like appears out of nowhere. And the love that they're giving my client is very like, it's like very peaceful Mm. and it checks off all the boxes for, for what healthy love is supposed to be, what love really is. And so a lot of my clients start to find that like sometimes within a month, sometimes within three months, sometimes within six months. And it happened often enough for me to realize that, okay, this is not an accident. And I do the same thing with all of my clients. It's also what happened with me too. It's what brought me into coaching to begin with, because I had my healing journey. And like, for me, I didn't find my husband in like three to six months. Like it took less than a year, but it still happened. And it woke me up to the fact that like, if, what happened for me can be repeatable. Like this is not an accident. This is something that we all have the power to do. Okay. Explain, explain. We all have the power to do. We hit some definite, like, you know, they just magically appear. Okay. What are you doing? You sprint, you missed in some shit. You, you lighten some candles. What you doing? (laughs) Girl, I'm not trying. That's the big part. So like, a lot of times, like when we're looking for love, we're, we're like, I just want someone who loves me for me. I just want someone who isn't going to like make me feel bad for having a problem with something. I want someone who like, I can like count on for once, you know, like we, we have this longing, right? And so we go on all the dating apps, we're like looking out for single dudes or whatever. And we're trying to like put ourselves out there. And we think that's what's going to get us the love that we want. And then we end up stressed out. Oh, girl, like, those dating apps will do it to you every time. Oh, I know. Dating dating apps suck. They suck. So, no, absolutely against them, 100%. I tried it for a year for the first time, like a year ago, was on it. I gave it a solid year, and I was like, this is toxic. No, I'm over <laughs> it. <laughs> it's rough. And, you know, I mean, it, it's worked out in some rare cases, but a lot of times it doesn't, and it's exhausting. And so what has been successful for me and my clients, right, is that we don't focus on dating. We don't actually focus on finding love, but we focus on ourselves. We focus on taking the love that we're craving so much from another person and giving that back to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so we start to learn how we want to be loved. And because we're doing it, right, we're doing that work. We feel how good it feels to be loved in the way that we want we start to heal and we start to realize that I don't need to like settle for these dusty ass dudes or like these low vibrational relationships. Like I'm worth so much more than this. And from there you start to become the person that would have that kind of relationship. And then even when you're not completely healed, because no one is ever completely healed. Like a lot of my clients, Mm -hmm. they're still really insecure. They're still doubting. They're still like, like working on the self-trust and all that stuff. Like they still have their issues, but then they're ready for that person to show up. And then that person does. Hmm. 
I love that because I, I think you're one of the first coaches that I've talked to about this subject who says, look, they still have their issues. Like they're still working through it. You're still going to have your triggers, but you are aware of them, like so on and so forth. Um, because I think everybody thinks, or it's like, oh, I'm healed. That's it. I wish, I mean, I wish. <laughs> no, like you're, you're still going to be like unpacking layers of trauma because the thing about trauma is that it needs to be healed one layer at a time. You can't just like bulldoze through the entire thing because you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to re-traumatize yourself and you're going to like probably hurt yourself more than if you were to relive that entire experience. And so like what you're going to find is, and this is the beautiful thing about therapy and coaching is that you unpack the trauma layer at a time, you heal it layer at a time and your body tells you when you're ready to go a little bit deeper. And because mm -hmm. you have someone supporting you through each of these layers, it goes by so much quicker. And that's why like a lot of my clients see such different results. Like they feel like a totally different person within like six weeks sometimes of working with me because they're actually guided through a process this time rather than kind of figuring it out on their own, hoping and praying that something is going to change, reading the books and hoping that something's going to change, but nothing does. I know, right? Everybody, every, it's the podcast, it's the books, it's the articles, it's, it's everything. Yes. <laughs> no, and that's beautiful though, to kind of have that support as you're going through it, right? And so you know, when you have your, I guess it's like, sometimes I, and maybe it, it, there's a difference and maybe there isn't a difference. Like in going through therapy, you kind of have that too, but how is it different when you add in the coaching aspect? So I love it when people do therapy and coaching at the same time, because mm -hmm. therapy is like, it's much more um like, how do I put this into words? Like you have a person who is licensed and trained to not only diagnose medication, but to also just like not diagnose medication, prescribe medication, but mm -hmm. also to diagnose, which means that they know how to look for certain things. They know how to like be able to confirm whether or not you're going through depression, whether or not you have clinical anxiety, whether or not you are bipolar or you have other like mental health issues that are kind of getting in the way of you being able to operate normally in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And especially someone who is professionally trained to like, to aid you in mental health and to really go deep into your past to really uncover what is creating your present right now. Mm -hmm. Now with a coach, a coach will dip a little bit into the trauma work. A coach will have a lot of awareness and is trained to be able to support trauma. Actually, let me take that back. Not all coaches, <laughs> not all coaches, trauma informed coaches are specifically trained to work with trauma. Okay. But our job is mostly focused on how do I get you from where you are right now to where you want to be in three months, six months, a year from now? How do I take you from here and move you step by step by step? Mm -hmm. And a therapist, like a therapist, the way I see it is more focused on like, let's like unpack the deeper stuff that is legit stopping you from being able to do anything. So like, Oftentimes when I have a client who is, who I can tell that I am not going to be able to make forward progress with because there's all of these levels of trauma that I'm not qualified to like handle or to mm -hmm. like through, I always tell them, this is where you go to your therapist for But if you want step-by-steps on how to move forward, that is, that is me. Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit then, like, and I don't know if you're allowed to to give some case studies here, but tell me a little bit about some of the people that you do work with and, the, and like actually see some like growth 
<clears throat> with as far as you know they come from a really hurtful trauma-filled space and how they've been able to like heal themselves in their journey and then find somebody yeah so I have this one client this recent client who came to me because she was going through a divorce right mm-hmm. they had a kid together so hard yeah, it was like, it was a bad situation. Like she came to me and her mind was just like running, running, running. Like, I bet. You know, like everything was just like, she was living in a world of mental pain. And so like what I did with her and, you know, she told me that she had the desire to reconcile with her husband. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't guarantee that I can help you with that. But what I can help you with is helping you to clear up the clutter in your mind and actually heal that so that you can show up in your relationship differently. And so we did a lot of inner child work together. We did a lot of validation work and just like, just like really helped her consciously see what is going on in her mind and her emotions so that she can be able to manage them and have a good relationship with her emotions rather than letting them over flood her. Mm -hmm. And what happened is that they, they reconciled for a little bit, but then we took a break in coaching and then that's when things got bad for her. Yeah. Things got really, really ugly. And, you know, I already had like suspicions early on, but then, you know, it's not, I like only started working with her for like, I think five sessions before we took that break. And then, and then she came back and told me like, it's not going good. And I already suspected that she was like actually dealing with an emotionally abusive partner, but that wasn't my place to say yet. And so when she finally came back, they were, they were definitely on the track for divorce mm. and he was acting out in really, really ugly ways, like near, actually, no, it was also physically abusive in that he was physically threatening her, mm-hmm. but not actually like harming her. And he was creating all of this like mess and chaos. And so we did a lot of work in helping her just kind of like process through that pain so that she doesn't carry it and like end up opening that wound in the future so we did a lot of work in healing that in like getting her back in control and you know when you're so deep in something like that like you don't know what's up and you don't know what's down or left and right and so we did a lot of work in creating super crystal clear clarity so that she can make empowered steps going forward and what happened is that over like a span of like I don't even know how many weeks because it was five weeks with her. And then I think a month break. And then like, I think another five weeks and she has come to the point where, you know what? Like, I feel good. Like Mm. I'm not spiraling. I'm not losing my shit. Like he did this. And like, by this point I would have called him up and cursed him out. Like he's trying to set me up so that I look terrible in the divorce. Like, but I feel like I'm stressed and I'm upset, but like, I'm fine. Yeah. because she also started to realize that she was so much more than how he had been treating her for like the past, like eight years of their relationship. And she started to feel really good about herself. She started to understand and care about herself more. Suddenly there, there's this guy <laughs> at a grocery store. He sees her, he runs after her. He chases her down, like legit chases her down and said, Hey, like I saw you earlier, but I lost you and I didn't want to lose you again. Oh my god, stop it. That happens. That's a for real life thing. Yeah, see, that is why I'm saying that if you're on the dating apps and it's frustrating you, you're trying too hard. You're dating too hard. Like it doesn't have to be that way because people will literally chase after you <laughs> in a freaking grocery store, apparently. 
Yeah. And not only that, but then like the way that she was describing how he like treats her, because like he knows full well the situation that she's in. She's very transparent about that. But the way that he shows up for her, the way that he supports her, the way that he doesn't pressure her and is just like genuinely wanting to get to know her. Like these are all solid green flags that this is a healthy person. And not only that, but I gave her this exercise, right? I love this exercise, but I only give this, I only give this exercise when my clients like reach a certain point. And it's like writing down very specific details of what you want in your dream partner. Even if it sounds crazy, even if it sounds impossible and feels kind of weird, write it down anyways, if you want it. And she told me that on one of their dates, like he's like checking off the boxes that he should not be checking off. What? Like how? Yeah. No, like that's, that's what happens. That's the magic of this entire process, because that's also exactly what happened to me with my husband. Cause like before he and I started dating, right. I like had it in my mind that like, you know, I would love to have a guy that is into videography and photography, you know, and like is into this and like does that. And then like Andrew, like he, like back when I was doing a lot of my yoga, when I used to teach private yoga, he was the one who's taking all my pictures. He's the one who's filming all my videos. And it's something that he was genuinely interested in. I thought that like, you know, I I can see how I can have these 10 things, but this one on top of that, that doesn't make sense. Like how, how is that happening? It literally feels like magic in the weirdest possible way. That is okay. Now I have to talk to you about this when you, cause we, it's not the first time we've heard of, you know, create your list, create, you know, check the boxes, all this kind of stuff so that you at least have direction of what you're looking for. But here's my thing is like, you also have the people who are just like the list be a hundred things long. So, I mean, is that a thing? That is, well, that's why I give that exercise during a specific time during the coaching progress, because if I do it in the beginning, people are either going to have nothing or very vague things that they want, or they're going to have too many things, too many things. And it's just like, you can feel that the energy is not aligned. You know, it's a very hectic energy and almost like, it's like very urgent, you know, mm. when I give this exercise, it's usually when my clients are at a place where they are starting to feel very clear about who they are, when they are starting to feel like, I don't need to be attached to a person to be happy. And mm. that I'm actually enjoying getting to know myself and loving myself and being in this place where I, I get to be with me and that, mm. but I would love to have someone too, but then that's not the priority. And that is usually when I give them the exercise. Okay. And like, I mean, if you're listening to this, so let's, let's talk some tips here on creating this list. If you, if you qualify under what Claire just said. Um, and you want to make your own list, like what do these lists look like? So the list can look, it's very different for everybody, right? It can look like, um, I want someone who is, I'm sorry, I have everybody's list in my head right now. Like, okay, go off of your list then for your husband. Oh shit. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Okay. So <laughs> For my husband, when, um, before we started dating, right? Like I would just, I would just think about it. I wouldn't write it down, but I would just like think about it in the car and just be like, I want someone who is willing 
to drive 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes to my house, take me back to where he's at, and then drop me off. Super specific. Mm -hmm. That's because I've had personal experience with like a person making me commute to them for three hours one way. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. One way. Just one way. Thank you. Literally drive me. And his commute is just 40 minutes one way. And he was late all the time too, by the way. Oh, no. Yeah. I did that for like six whole months. So (laughs) that was like, that was one that was very important to me. I need to know that there's this guy who is willing to do that. Doesn't mean I'm going to make him do that. Because I do think it it is absurd. But I want to know that he is willing to do that for me. Mm. And that was my husband. I wanted a guy who like is really adventurous and has like a really is like very encouraging in the way that he is adventurous because I'm someone who will stay in the house 24 7 every single day and not realizing that my soul is dying until it's too late so that's girl same I do the same thing yes yes like we get comfortable so I need someone who can like pull me out of that comfort zone but do it in a way that makes me go like yeah yeah I can do that and also someone who like, and I, at the time when I had this list, I had no reference for what this felt like, right? I had no mm-hmm. reference for what this could even be like in a romantic sense, but someone who really celebrated who I was. Mm. I just knew that I wanted that. And with Andrew, like it happened one day where I learned through his facial expression when I told him something, how excited he gets for me when I win. Oh, yeah. And how much he just loves when I am doing something that I'm good at or something that like I'm overcoming. And he's not threatened at all by my talents, by my gifts, by my success. Like he loves it. And I didn't realize that that was that that's something like that existed because everyone else I've dated, like either cared more about where they're going or was threatened by me in some way, which I thought was really weird or would rather have me stay small because that meant that they could keep me if I stayed small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Girl, you preaching to the choir. I've had all of the above. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, okay, so if you are wanting to practice attracting someone within three to six months. I mean, obviously we go to you for some help, but if there are some things that we can start asking ourselves um, or implementing ourselves, uh, what are those things? I would like start asking yourself and even like journal about this for a span of like several months. Mm -hmm. Take your time with this, but think about it like frequently enough. Like ask yourself, how do I want to be loved Mm. how do I want someone to show up for me when things get hard how do I want to show up for when things get hard what does a loving relationship look like to me and be very specific about that because like when you have an idea it doesn't have to be like a fully planned out idea but if you have an idea of what it is that you want that you know where to go Mm mm-hmm Or like people that I've spoken to who like, like I talked to this one person recently who told me when I asked her, like, what, what do you want from a relationship? She's like, I have no idea. 
that is someone who actually needs to like work with somebody because like there's too there's too much attachment trauma bonding and um trauma there that she can't even like imagine her future but if you can't imagine your future it's all about you i want you guys to remember that this is your life oftentimes we like sacrifice ourselves to please other people and then we let other people dictate what our life is for us in that way facts you got to think about it in terms of this is my life. I get to choose who gets my energy, who gets my love, who takes up space. I get to decide like who I go to for help, who I go to to vent, who I go to for whatever it is. Like I choose. And so what do I want? You start there and then you start to like reverse engineer and ask yourself the next question, which is who do I need to become in order to have that? Wow. I feel like that's a mic drop moment right there. Um, because that is a very big question, but, um, I mean, I feel like that's a really good start. Claire, where can people find you? So I am mostly on Instagram. You can find me at illuminated dot within someone already took illuminated within. I know I was so upset. I was so upset. It's like you don't even use your Instagram and you have my handle. Why? <laughs> the struggle's real. And you guys can also email me at info at illuminatedwithin.com. By the way, don't go to my website because my website is completely outdated. I mean, go if you want to, but it is outdated, just so you know. <laughs> so if you basically want to talk to Claire, you better hit her up on the IG. Yes. thanks so much for spending this time with us claire i mean i feel like there was a lot in such a short amount of time that we went through it was very um jam-packed with information uh so thank you so much for joining us yes thank you so much for having me heather oh my god yes of course and until next time slay nation we'll catch you later